0: Hi everybody! Hi snitches! Third time's a charm because wow has today been an irritating recording session so far. This is Basic Snitches. Hi I'm Tara. I'm Adam. Yes. Today we are reading... Kids. chapter 11 the dueling club The dueling club what have you been up to reading this
1: chapter because it's fucking long
0: exactly same here we haven't had time for anything else just reading this chapter so this is the third time that we've attempted to record this podcast because all of a sudden my microphone didn't want to record properly it looked really really quiet so then i did some diagnostics and it looked like it was a little bit louder and then we just recorded again and now it looks back to normal but it looks so fucking loud to us that we were like oh great now it's too loud i think it's just right so if this sounds fucked up to you i would like Sorry. to refer you back to the name of our podcast that basic is in the title anyways <laughs>
1: So you sent me an outline for chapter 11. Before we do that, I'm going to do a real quick recap of the winners and losers of chapter 10, the Rogue Bludger. Outside
0: the box. That's me.
1: There's two losers and two winners. And the first of the two losers is very obvious because it is Gilderoy Lockhart just for fucking existing. And also, if you read the chapter, you know why. But the other loss goes to Draco. Because he literally lost the easiest Quidditch match he's ever going to play in his life. And then as far as winners go, again, pretty obvious. Madame Pomfrey, or as Adam calls her, Quinn. She's freaking great. You know, just like doing her job, kicking ass at it. And also got to give Harry a win for managing to catch the (laughs) snitch While being chased and injured by this evil bludger. So good job, Harry. Hooray. Hooray.
0: (laughs) I guess I'll talk to you guys next time. Because this uh, chapter summary is going to take an hour. I'm going to go outside and wash my car. And and
1: I'm going to be reading this uh, really long summary. It's like reading the whole chapter. So uh, here we go.
0: Out of all things, why did I choose wash the car? (laughs) It's winter in Cleveland. That ain't going to work. Anyway. Chapter 11. The Dueling Club. This chapter is long
1: AF, so buckle in, bitches. The bones are back in Harry's arms, so Quen Pomfrey releases him back out of the hospital wing, where he goes on the search for Ron and Hermione. He runs into Percy, who is completely insensitive to Harry's injury and Ron's bathroom preference, but this gives Harry the clue that they're in Moaning Myrtle's bathroom, getting a head start on the Polyjuice potion. However, they still need some difficult-to-acquire ingredients, so they devise a plan to steal them from Snape's private stash. Harry uses one of Fred's filibuster fireworks that have been mentioned throughout this book to cause a ruckus, and the swelling solution to splash all over a bunch of people. Let's talk about the swelling solution and the deflating draft. Can you imagine if these were real? It would revolutionize the plastic surgery and sex industries overnight. (laughs) Anyways, this works and Hermione gets the ingredients she needs. A week later, they see a flyer for a dueling club and the whole school ends up going. It's run by Lockhart, who, as the albeit remedial defense against the dark arts professor, is finally sort of staying in his lane. But for some reason, he chose Snape to be his faculty co-leader for this club. Wow, two dicks. The only place you can find two bigger dicks fighting with one another is Dumbledore's Pornhub account. Literally anyone could have been better. Flitwick, McGuh, Prout, Hagrid, Trelawney, Quinn, Pomfrey, the fucking baby Mandrakes, anyone. Lockhart honestly isn't the worst either. Yes, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, but amid chaos, divulging, and dueling club turning into fight club, Snape uses it as an opportunity to cause more drama toward Harry for literally no reason. In fact, Snape encourages Rayko to use a snake conjuring spell. Irony wins this chapter because it turns on Jay Finch, who was already terrified of Harry, but Harry tells the snake to back the fuck up. But the whole school is terrified now because as he learns later he's a parcel mouth and only bad guys can do that even snape was kind of surprised so despite his actions everyone is only looking at things face value instead of looking at the hard fact that harry saved jay finch from a snake wow everyone in the school is so level-headed i love it the next day herbology class with the hufflepuffs is canceled because of snowpocalypse but harry still wants to reason with jay finch instead he finds their fellow puffs talking shit or should i say ernie mac blowing things out of proportion Major props to Hannah, though, for not taking things out of complete perspective. You go, Hannah. I'm not fooling you. Harry approaches them in a way that, in context, probably was a little too aggressive, asking to see Jay Finch. It goes just as you'd expect. Not great. Anyway, we see Hagrid. Yay, Hagrid! A brief reprieve of someone who we love and who is nice. And then, as the irony continues, Jay Finch and nearly headless Nick are found petrified. Wow, so perfect. Peeves is a dick, Ernie is an outspoken dick, dicks, 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 dicks. Finally, an adult, Quen McGuh, actually takes control of a situation, tells everyone to GTFO, forces Ernie Mac to literally fan Nick up a flight of stairs as punishment for making assumptions, and then takes Harry to Dumbledore's office. Harry has been through it in these last couple chapters. He
0: has. Oh, Harry. He really has. This is kind of another one of those chapters that is like back and forth, like really frustrating. But I think it's because of everything. It's not just like the up and down of the trio kind of doing something really smart and then doing something stupid. It's just so confusing <laughs> like everything that's going on and everything that they're going through also because these last two chapters had so much drama in them that's why you need to remind us constantly that we have some quen's such as pomfrey that's
1: some quen's
0: and McGa, and hagrid
1: i love hagrid Quin
0: hagrid literally when i read it i was like oh finally uh, someone who isn't a dick Anyways, let's <laughs> Anyways. hear the beginning.
1: <laughs> so, the first thing that I was thinking about reading this chapter is how Harry runs back to the Gryffindor Common Room. His feelings are kind of hurt because Ron and Hermione aren't there waiting for him. Yeah. And I found that to be a very relatable thing, especially for a child. To be like, I just went through this not very cool experience. I'm just expecting someone to be there. To be like, hey, are you yeah. okay?
0: Something that I do often as I look at it from the adult perspective. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who is very independent as well, being like, okay, Harry, they can't always be like waiting with bated breath. Right. But he wasn't like in the freaking hospital wing because he had pink eye. <laughs> like, right. you know? it's because all the bones were removed from his arm. So yes, it's it's a little bit more serious. But
1: yeah. I just I was like, "Oh, that's a very interesting perspective because I also think that the first few times I've read it, I thought about it from an adult perspective. The day before was a pretty traumatizing day yeah. for this child." So yeah. I really love the reminder that like Percy is there and him running into Percy, Percy kind of giving us the update of like you get house points for winning the quidditch cup. It says something along the lines of he seemed to be in better spirits and we're like, "Ooh, it's About Percy's girlfriend. Like, all of that. Just, like... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's really... I just think it's really strong storytelling that without really taking away from the thing that we're focused on, which is the next step that harry is finding ron and hermione or whatever we can still learn valuable information just by making sure that we also know percy is still around i don't know yeah actually
0: you know what that's a good point i didn't even think of his girlfriend you have a much stronger eye on percy right now which is (laughs) kind of great because i didn't even really think of it what i did do to kind of be devil's advocate to what i said earlier um he runs into percy percy's just like oh great job on the game it wasn't there was no like hey how's your arm yeah that was a little bit surprising to me
1: i agree with that
0: maybe it's because of penelope that he's like kind of forgetting that and he's more on this high of like positivity of like oh hey we won the game i just got some pussy etc etc you know what it reminds me of have you ever played the sims i've not played the sims so after the sims fuck which is called woohooing in the game um they do this little like dance it's like a little strep thing like this Uh Obviously you can't hear it, you can't hear it, listeners. Yeah, you can't hear me moving my body. I mean, (laughs) sometimes you can because, you know, I'm becoming a grizzled old corpse of a human. (laughs) You can't see me moving is what I meant to say. But they do this, like, yeah, it's like a little, like, strut, like, happy dance kind of thing. That's what it made me think of right now when you mentioned (laughs) Penelope. Like, oh, yeah, he just got some, and he's, like, not thinking of Harry's injury from the last night or whatever, but
1: clearly that's what it is yeah
0: the other thing about percy here of course is it's a nice effortless way to move us into the next part which is the whole thing with the polyjuice potion
1: and then harry finds ron and hermione and they're like oh we wanted to get started right away and i want to say that i really appreciate ron's logic of being like isn't it obvious lucius malfoy opened the chamber when he was here and now he's told draco what to do i think what i was 12, I definitely knew that my mom was only so many years older than me but maybe that's not the same logic as every child and like maybe children are just like parents are so much older than children yeah. <laughs> you know because Lucius is not 50 years old than his child yeah Ron doesn't know that, yeah. so I get it. Because I'm always like, Jesus, Ron, how old do you think Lucius Malfoy is? They
0: don't teach math at Hogwarts, right? That's We're what about that They don't. Time. They don't do numbers at Hogwarts. No, it makes me think too of like cute videos of children online where a mom might ask their kid, like, "Hey, how old do you think I am?" And they're like, 100. Yeah, because <laughs> they know like five numbers, and apparently right. Ron also only knows numbers. five.
1: But so. then also, when you're like a really young child or whatever, and you're like, "I don't ever want to be." 20 that's old you know yeah <laughs> like, like, yeah
0: exactly <laughs> so yeah that, so i that guess i get funny. it uh, but
1: this is a really great book for ron I really, really... It really is. I'm a huge fan of Ron in this book.
0: I also want to hearken back to the other connection to this when they mentioned Dobby. And they figured out that Dobby belongs to the Malfoy's. How quickly they made that connection. And so here it's similar, but it's like, mm, now you're wrong. It's kind of a nice hearken back to that red herring. I feel like that is another one of my buzzwords. I keep talking about like all the red herrings in this this book similar to snape and Quirrell from the last one but here i feel like it's a lot more pronounced and it's all going in the right direction except for that little mathematical error that he makes i still feel like he's like on the right track he you know? in terms of like a logical standpoint from everything that he knows so far i also liked that i'm glad that you brought up lucius in that moment
1: i also want to bring up the beautiful ron quote of if Dobby doesn't stop trying to save your life he's gonna kill you yes Ron has so many great lines in this chapter.
0: In fact, there's a lot of sass from them in this chapter. And we'll get there, of course. Oh yeah, there's some good sass. Yes.
1: Is this where we're going to talk about the talismans?
0: Oh my gosh. So then there's this little note about how like the use of talismans and like good luck charms and things Mm -hmm. are all of a sudden like all the rage because people want to be kept safe. They're talking about like crystals and things. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would be all about this shit. I know we get briefly into it in divination class, but I want like there to be more information about crystals and stuff like
1: that. You would be one of the people who would buy one even if uh, you were fucking yes, blood. I'd be
0: selling that shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, I might be a pure blood and a Slytherin, but I'm all about the crystals and I'm all about making some coins. So come into my crystal <laughs> I'm shop. Make it so
1: cool. <laughs> come into my crystal shop.
0: <laughs> That's right. I'm about to get some galleons, bitch. <laughs> This other little detail here is how Ginny was so, like, mortified. The boys' tactic to cheering her up.
1: They're such fucking weirdos.
0: Like, really? There's so much that happens in this chapter. But as I read through it, I'm kind of making mental notes of, like, oh, I don't like that this character did this, or I really like this, etc. And then I get to the end of the chapter, and I'm giving out, like, 500 different points to all these different people. I need to, like... Wind it back. This is one moment when I was like, guys, come on. Not the best Big Brother moment.
1: You know, they're they're good guys. They're just not always the smartest at doing Big Brother things.
0: There are better things that you could do to take your mind off of this than scaring the shit out of your little sister when there's a monster petrifying everyone around the castle.
1: So then they go to Potions. Mm-hmm. Hermione is a thousand percent right. Like, if either of them get in trouble, then they're fucked. Yeah. So she was smart there. They made this plan, I'm assuming, outside of Potions, why didn't they take Harry's cloak with them oh, for Hermione to use? Too. But I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe, Maybe Harry, it's a like, little bit more like there's too many people who could see her using put it. With the
1: cloak on. Yeah.
0: Well, first of all, yes, it's very smart of Hermione to say that. I think that they're in the same belief too. Oh, that if there's anything else that they do, then they're fucked. Yeah. Uh, they mention it several times throughout the even the last couple in and into the next couple chapters. Mm-hmm. And it's very small. It's not like a huge thing. Hermione's proclamation here is a little bit bigger. This kind of harkens back a little bit to the talismans thing too. Mm-hmm. And people kind of being scared. And Neville says this great thing about like almost being a squid.
1: I think that's so
0: sad. <laughs> yeah. I really like that. And then also Snape is like teaching class. And uh, I can't remember exactly how it's written. But something along the lines of, oh, Snape was just teaching the class. And then he decided to go over and bully Neville. I was like... Holy shit! Like, what the fuck? Like, can you focus on doing your lesson plan? (laughs) He's
1: the worst. I was like, so how does Snape decide to spend his time in potions? Do I harass Neville? Or Harry. Or kiss Malfoy's ass. I have so many options. Seriously. Which is literally what he does. He's just a fucking asshole.
0: And this plays into it a little bit later, too, during the actual Dueling club. But, of course, we'll get there. In this moment, it's especially apparent. However, it also sort of gives them the in, then, for him to light off the filibuster firework. Yeah. Which I love that that's the mechanism that's used here. Because, similar to all the other things that we say, they're constantly mentioning, mentioning Percy. They're mentioning Ginny. The filibuster firework is important to mention for this moment. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that when they were leaving the borough, they left behind. And it's like, I can't believe that Arthur and Molly actually went back for it. Like, really? You left your fucking firework at home? You don't need that at school. But it was important for this.
1: I love that Harry gets to pull a prank and be a 12-year-old boy.
0: You had mentioned that about something in the past. I think it was something last time. Or maybe it was about, like, throwing apples at each other. I don't remember what it was. (laughs) Even this early in the series, there aren't as many instances where he gets to just be a kid. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many times where he is mature, and I want to make that point too. Oh, he yeah, he gets to be a twelve year old boy. Who the fuck cares? But he is living with this very mature responsibility as well. So when you bring that up, yeah. it's very important. The whole thing with okay. swelling solution, it's like engorgio.
1: It is like Ingorgio. Yes. Is Goyle good at potions? It was a swelling solution. Everyone's fucking whatever it touched. Oh,
0: yeah. You know what? I didn't even think of it from that point of view, but I guess so. I mean, he's a Slytherin. Hey, at least he's good at something. Right? Yeah. I liked this because during puffs, I would always take my wand and point them at um, Tara's boobs and saying Gorgio. And this is just an easier way to make them. Like, I don't even need to like say anything. I can just go bloop and drop Drop that swelling solution on your titties. (laughs) Hooray. Anyways. (laughs)
1: I went through a surgery for that not to be a thing. Yeah, serious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jokes on you. (laughs) That that, that was a waste of your time. And then you would be like, bitch, I got that shrinking, what's it called? Shrinking draft?
1: Deflating draft. So
0: of course you're gonna have some deflating draft cause you knew that I was gonna do it. And Tara keeps everything like in her cleavage anyways because it's like Mary Poppins purse up in there. Her boobs are gonna well from the swelling solution and like break the little bottle that the deflating draft is in and it'll be like automatic. She'll be like, bitch I knew.
1: Bitch I knew. This is my life. <laughs> I spend any time with any
0: person and all we talk
1: about are my boobs. We
0: love Tara's boobs.
1: Someone has to, okay.
0: Is it time for Dueling Club? It is Dueling Club time. Why is it Flitwick teaching Dueling Club? I went back and forth a lot on this. First of all, I mentioned this in my summary, but Lockhart is the professor for Defense Against the Dark Arts. And this is at least something where I'm like, okay, he's not trying to, you know, tell Professor Sprout how to care for her plans. He's not trying to care for a student like Quinn Pomfrey should be, or whatever it is but he's so fucking bad at it because then snape comes in one of the hypotheticals i have for you is like why did he choose snape however before you answer when we were actually watching the movie it came to me a little bit in that like snape wants this job so maybe it was snape that came to him and was like i want to do this with you or something because snape is even the one to be like shouldn't we be like teaching them how to block a spell too rather than throwing them right into it what are your thoughts on that
1: I think Snape is doing it because Snape sees an opportunity to fuck with him. McGonagall, Flitwick, Sprout, none of them have time for that shit. Mm-hmm. None of them are going to even deal with it. And I feel like Snape is probably reveling in this, like, I'm going to fucking show this guy up and it's going to be great. Because it's the kind of shit Snape would do. Yeah, I
0: guess that's true. And perhaps, like, he's the only, like, option. Like, maybe Lockhart really did go to Flitwick and Flitwick was like, fuck you. Everyone else was shooting him down. Flitwick was like, no, like don't you want me to be
1: under you in a dueling club? No, bye.
0: Let's be honest. Flitwick would whoop his fucking ass. Right. But still. Like his fucking the, Okay, that's a good great. point. It's a little bit of a combo of maybe Snape was the one who said it. But it makes sense that maybe Lockhart did go to everybody else and they said no.
1: Why when Snape hits Lockhart with Expelliarmus... Does it, like, blast Lockhart off his feet?
0: Because Lockhart is a weak beach.
1: I think that he threw a nonverbal spell at him as well.
0: Hmm. I like that. I like that idea, too.
1: In, like, the movies, and we'll talk about the movie more later, but, like, in the movies when that shit happens, when they keep hitting each other with Expelliarmus... Well, he gets knocked out in the movie, too. But I'm like, oh, that's a visual thing. But in the book, he does, too. Cried Expelliarmus. There was a dazzling flash of scarlet light... And Lockhart was blasted off his feet. He flew backward off the stage, smashed into the wall, and slid down it to sprawl on the floor. So, like, he hits him with Expelliarmus the first time anyone ever sees it, is like throwing a professor off of his feet. Yeah. So yeah. it's very interesting that like that becomes a signature thing for Harry, and that it's actually just a disarming spell. So I was just curious about it. Yeah. Or you know, or I sh- guess that makes I, sense. Yeah. I mean, that me, shows
0: a little bit more strength that snape has two that he's doing to it one time yeah one of them is not even like trackable by the naked eye you know
1: snape's just flexing he's like i'm flexing
0: and lockhart is a weak bitch right it's probably a combo of those two things yeah the fact that snape brings up shouldn't the students learn to block first i kind of liked that but then he gets Draco up there and immediately Draco is breaking the rules. Nobody's even like doing anything about it. Like it's such a delayed response. It's just like when this bludger was flying around Harry in the last chapter and you were like, where the fuck is all the teachers?
1: They're both thrown out. Fuck. Where'd they learn those spells?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, it's very Both similar to, Both of them, like, not
1: just Malfoy, but Harry, too. Yeah,
0: like, Rictum Sempra and everything. Yeah. It's similar to the Oculus Repair moment with Hermione, where mm-hmm. it's like, wait, how did you, a Muggle-born, know how to do this perfectly, and this is the very first thing that you do? Maybe somehow Harry was practicing to, you know, at the borough or I, I don't know. I mean, Malfoy, of course, like, Lucia's teaching him that stuff. Snape is maybe right. even teaching him that stuff. I can s- almost see Snape being like, okay, there's a dueling club, and we're gonna have Harry... Harry up against you and this is what you're gonna do and you're even gonna cast the spell at two instead of three and like all this cheaty shit and of course like if it were Potter to do it if we're Potter (laughs) that's what Snape would say right (laughs) but like if, if Harry were the one doing it like immediately you would be five points from Gryffindor like you know it
1: right listen if I were Draco and dueling Harry in this moment, and that fucker hit me with the tickling charm, I would have bought a cadaver his ass. Should oh, I, yeah,
0: that's right. You don't like to be tickled. No,
1: I will murder anyone who tickles me. That's right.
0: Me. I always threaten to tickle her, and she always threatens to kill me, but I'm still here. Because you haven't actually tickled me because you value your life. Would you rather I tickle you or Engorgio your boobie? I will
1: Vada cadaver your
0: ass. <laughs> Good luck, bitch. <laughs> then later everyone else gets paired up and it divulges into absolute fucking chaos it's
1: chaos like dueling club needs chaperones
0: well everything needs chaperones right, obviously Hogwarts. At Hogwarts. none of them are doing it right all of them are like going completely against the rules snape and lockhart don't know what to fucking do i think it's lockhart being like oh my god what has happened but he doesn't know how to actually like be a teaching adult in this moment and snape literally doesn't give a fuck like snape's like okay i
1: think snape is reveling in this yeah
0: exactly he's
1: shitty to neville in front of Lockhart Uh and he's like whatever.
0: He makes that little comment about like everything
1: um, Neville does is terrible or something like that.
0: Well he was gonna put like Ron against Neville I think. He does also say like this is maybe a little bit of an adult moment but he does it like a child. Neville will go home in a matchbox. Oh
1: here it is. Oh he puts Neville and Justin together. Longbottom causes devastation with the simplest spells. We'll be sending what's left of Finch Fletchley up to the hospital wing in a matchbox.
0: Maybe I am getting confused with the movie. Because obviously, we just watched the movie.
1: Yeah. No. Neville doesn't even get mentioned.
0: Because no. they
1: put Harry and it's Neville just, together.
0: No, originally it was going to be Ron and Harry. And Snape says that it should actually be someone against his own house because of Ron's yes. wand. That's, that's right. That's why I thought it was Ron versus Neville. But then, no, he's just shitting on Neville. It's not even about... It's his like,
1: favorite pastime. Like literally every morning he's like, which one of them would I like to harass more? Harry Potter or Neville Longbottom?" I don't know which.
0: It's so difficult oh to be gosh. me. This whole scene is ridiculous. Then there's the snake moment.
1: That snake did not ask to exist. <laughs> that snake did not ask to be part of this bullshit. That's why
0: the snake is mad.
1: That yes, that is why the snake is mad. I, I was just not existing the... here. Yeah.
0: It's more s poor snake. S N E K. Okay. have all of you guys seen those like memes and it's like my name is snake my body long <laughs> yeah <laughs> my i'm very i don't know what it is
1: poor little snake i wrote this sn- i
0: opened wide and launched the braids. i
1: opened wide and launch the <laughs> braids. that's what yeah, the that's little what snake is.
0: says anyway
1: <laughs> so this is what i wrote <laughs> this snake did not ask to exist he was conjured tortured and vanished before he could ask why is this happening i want justice for the snake
0: animal cruelty Justice for Snake. Justice for Snake. That's right. <laughs> A couple chapters ago, one of the Weasley twins was torturing some animal. What the fuck? Uh, we I uh, mm-hmm. Hagrid needs to be more present. Hagrid would not stand for this animal cruelty mm-hmm. or magical creature cruelty or whatever. Lockhart is like, I'm gonna get rid of the snake. <gasps> God, he, all he does him. is launch it into the air again. Which justice like, for Snake? What what is the point? Other than for poor Snake to be poor. <laughs> Snape, this is another moment where I'm like, okay, he's kind of doing a good thing. Kind of, kind of, kind of. Where he's like, I'll get rid of it. And Harry's like, no, I will take care of this. And in the book, I'd like to say that again in bold this time. In (laughs) the book. I would
1: like to say this in bold.
0: (laughs) It's very important because we'll get there. The snake (laughs) just kind of like flops on the floor and is like, cool. I'm good. Thank you. And then everyone freaks out. Now, a, everyone freaks out because he's speaking in parcel tongue. That, of course, makes a lot of sense. Everyone else knows what parcel tongue means. However, there's this whole thing that is meant to make it look like Harry sicked the snake on Jay Finch. Mm-hmm. But in the book, that doesn't happen.
1: No, I think that the reason why everyone reacts this way, even though it's very clear in the sequence of events, is that when something scary happens, everything gets jumbled. There's no question about it for us, because we're reading it, and there's no question about it for Harry, because it's him. But Harry was never scared for his own life. Not that Harry wouldn't a thousand percent jump in front of a fucking train for any of these assholes who are shitty to him, because that's who he is. Like, Justin saw this snake, and even though the next part in the series of events is that Harry is like, fuck you, snake, don't do that, even though he says it in this crazy language he's never heard and then the snake stops it's still like there was a scary snake and harry spoke a weird language and i just didn't know yeah which is probably why everyone reacts that way
0: that is the best way i you nailed you nailed it on the head (laughs) you hit that nail on the head (laughs) that's what i meant to say (laughs) absolutely because in my recap i mentioned a lot about people taking things out of proportion people kind of not taking things at face value and that will play into my points later too i don't like how people kind of jumbled the things yeah whereas there is one character that we'll talk about in a minute who doesn't do that and i'm like good on you
1: I'll just mention it now, Mm. when Ernie McMillan says when they're in the library, well, it was a mere miss. Again, in this jumbled moment, it's like my friend was scared and this thing happened. Yeah. And his focus is on his friend. That on top of the logical conclusions he's drawing in that conversation where he was like, you know, Colin Creevy was bugging Harry and Harry and Filch had that run in and there's some logic there so like I get it yes again we're reading it from this perspective which is a different type of narrative and we're like why the fuck are you thinking that yeah why are you but again they're children who are in this different type of situation and it's very real and very active there yeah so that's my thought on that
0: this is the one where it's not as concrete yes I agree Ernie is sticking out for his friend that's wonderful but the whole like basis of all of this is gossip too we talked about earlier when jay finch does kind of like avoid harry and ron calls him an idiot and all of that yeah i mean he's kind of going off of a rumor but jay finch is trying to like protect himself Mm -hmm. because of this rumor that harry is after him and then this thing happens in this whole circumstance that is really scary which then corroborates his story now it's just even more jumbled and it makes it look even more like harry is out to get jay finch so absolutely that's why i think it's so frustrating here and it's not just jay finch it's ernie too yeah However, the one who is kind of like, well, Harry's always been so nice in the past and is trying to look at it from a little bit more of a logical standpoint, I think, like a truly logical, because there's some logic in all of this, Well, they're trying to
1: make sense of it. Yeah,
0: but Hannah is is just kind of like, "Mm, I think we might be jumping to a conclusion here. That's me putting some words in her mouth. (laughs) But in so many words, she kind of says that. I'm like, yes, Hannah.
1: Well, and it's important, I think, to show that they're not all in this like, Oh my God! Harry Potter is bad. Frenzy, In this, yeah, yeah, that that all the Hufflepuffs are like suddenly like Harry's the worst. Like to to see them kind of come to that conclusion yeah. and
0: discuss it is good. One thing I do want to say about like Hufflepuffs though. I mean we've talked about this obviously with the whole Puffs thing. Hufflepuffs have kind of like a stereotype to them about maybe being a little bit cowardly and I think in this moment both Ernie and Hannah and why I think this is an important part is just they're not. Because A Ernie is being brave and like sticking up for his friend mm-hmm. and Hannah is like not immediately getting into the whole drama and being scared about the whole Harry thing thingy either they're kind of going against the grain of what typically i think hufflepuffs are thought of this is early in the series too so it's not quite as like laid out for you that Hufflepuffs are kind of like the extra ones or whatever but i like that i think it's kind of stands the test of time if you will so
1: i want to talk about this passage about when hermione and ron take harry back to the gryffindor common room and they're like you're a parcel mouth i find it incredibly fascinating Is this one line in the book that says he was also dimly aware of an ominous muttering all around the walls and he felt a tugging on the back of his robe and ron and hermione take him back to the common room to me like i've always imagined this moment being very much like a something is wrong and I can't figure it out for Harry they just in their like amazing best friend kind of way the way that they do take care of him because Hermione knows everything and Ron is our avatar into being a wizard and how they just take care of him from that point on and then I think it's a beautiful scene of friendship that's very mature Ron especially it's one of my favorite scenes of them as friends I would love to actually just take every scene of just the three of them talking through shit and, like, read those in order. I think it would yeah. be fascinating.
0: That's a really great read. I feel like I talk about this every other episode. But, you know, the flaws and, the, and whatnot make them all real and everything. But when you do kind of, like, look at them in their friendship, like, this moment, which you're right, is really, really great and supportive. But even in the last few chapters, you know, the growth after the whole car incident... <laughs> some of the really intelligent things surrounding the whole potion and the sleuthing that they're doing. And it all shows already so much growth, even from the last book. In, oh gosh, In yes. multiple ways. They're smarter, they're braver, they're kinder. But they still do make mistakes, or they still do sometimes lash out, like the little Hermione tantrum yeah. from, from the all last right. couple. But their
1: intentions are always correct. Yes,
0: Speaking of people getting smarter, though, we completely missed the little moment of Harry sass, which is so important. Ah! <laughs> uh, when Lockhart is, like do exactly what i do and harry's like what drop my wand
1: oh my god that is one of my favorite things ever you
0: know the entire hogwarts student body went oh (laughs) and there was this like right oh my and the book ends there like done
1: right (laughs) that's the end (laughs) lockhart quits
0: he leaves (laughs) he goes to live in some cave
1: anyways (laughs) oh my god that would have been so good. the basilic
0: comes out and was like you know what that's done you killed him. I've been trying to do it this whole time. I'm
1: gonna go back to sleep.
0: <laughs> yep, I wake me up nap. in another 50 years. That was I do love wonderful. it. Wonderful. Like, can you
1: show me that again? And he's like, just do what I
0: did. What? Drop my wand. It was great. <laughs> this is so again, so early on in the series, but Harry's got it.
1: Oh, Hermione. I love you. She's like, that's what Salazar Slytherin was famous for. That's what Salazar Slytherin was oh, famous like wh- for. Oh, like why the snakes? Talking snake? the snakes, and I was like, yeah. "Bitch, he helped found a school. <laughs> yeah. He was a good wizard. Yeah. Like, he was a very talented wizard who was part of founding the school." And I found it a little disappointing that it's worded that way. She's mm-hmm. not wrong. He's obviously known for being a parcel mouth.
0: I was gonna say this during, but the I wrote movie, that, too. and I was
1: like. I was like, "Sal Slytherin wasn't just famous for being able to talk to snakes. Give him some fucking credit, Hermione. He founded a goddamn school. You may have heard of it, Hogwarts?" Question mark.
0: So very <laughs> similarly, I was going to say this during the movie, but it's similar here, where he's like, "That's why the Slytherin mascot is a snake because he can talk to snakes." I'm like, "Oh, also his last name is Slytherin, which is basically slithering, which is Slytherin the movement with what that a, a snake fucking makes. snake does." <laughs> I mean, I get it. Tongue in cheek. It's also a book, sort of, for children. Right. Whatever. But I still love it. <laughs> yes. So then the next day, Harry's like, um, I feel kind of bad. I need to go and apologize to Jay Finch. I'll do it in herbology. And it's the fucking snowpocalypse. apocalypse. And we get this lovely little note of uh, Professor Sprout putting scarves and socks I on the mandrakes. Oh,
1: Professor Sprout's the fucking greatest. It is
0: so awesome. So cute. Super, super
1: cute. So Harry's all being like, worrisome about it because he didn't get to talk to Jay Finch in herbology.
0: And Hermione's like, just go find Just go him.
1: talk to him.
0: Which is totally the right thing to say, but then what ends up happening is that <gasps> Harry Jay Finch Potter, gets...
1: master eavesdropper, uh, okay, in the so, invisibility yes. section of the library. I,
0: I was actually hopping forward because eventually what happens is Jay Finch gets spoiler it's just such those worst possible circumstances it
1: really is why are the Hufflepuffs who have their own fucking common room talking about this in the library?
0: That's a good point, How too. How is Madam
1: Pince letting them fucking have a whispering session because that bitch hates any noise? Um, she
0: just not her fucking books out of the library to be studied on the lawn.
1: This is true. She's a fucking psycho.
0: But the but Hufflepuffs can just, like, talk at full yeah. volume? They're, like,
1: we're just, like, oh, whispering about Harry Potter, like, just gossiping. It's real fucking cool. She'll
0: allow it. Something else that happened since we last recorded. Tara sent me the video... Of all the cut scenes from the movie. And this is one of the ones that was cut. cut. And it adds so much to it.
1: Harry's talking to Ernie. And Ernie says, I've heard you hate those muggles you live with. That fucking Ernie McMillan has not been listening to Basic Snitches. Because we talk about how fucking terrible the Dursleys are. He would know if he listened to Basic Snitches.
0: okay, so that's a good point. Because it's like... It's not a muggle versus wizard thing, of course. That's a theme through this book. But the Dursleys are terrible people. Just like there are terrible wizards and witches Mm -hmm. like the Malfoys. It has nothing to do with if they can or cannot do any magic on top of that. Also, Ernie McMillan, get your shit together and listen to us.
1: For real, Ernie Mac.
0: As we established in our last episode, after all, this is the real Jay Finch and Hannah. So, like, Ernie Mac, what the fuck are you doing? You're not a good friend. Why are you not supporting us, your fellow Hufflepuffs? (laughs) Yeah, I really don't like Ernie's argument here. I
1: follow it, but I don't like it.
0: Exactly. I want to make it clear. I understand that he's sticking up for Jay Finch. That I appreciate. But even, like, later when Harry is unfortunately in the wrong place in the wrong time and like he's seen right there right when jay finch is he should put petrified. that shit on a
1: resume <laughs> seeker always in the wrong place at the wrong time that's like, right that is his resume
0: that's probably why he got hired as an auror <laughs> like that's probably a that kind of thing <laughs> they know we're spoiler free we do say spoiler a lot we do. We're just it's stupid. like Sorry. by we're, we're spoiler free. If you have been spoiled already by this podcast, comment below or how We're not spoiler free. That's what? Yeah. You mean? Exactly. And then of course, after that, <clears throat> we see Hagrid. Yay,
1: Hagrid. And
0: I've already mentioned this like right at the beginning of the episode, but like just mentioning Hagrid there, it's important because he's going to come up again in the next nice few chapters as an important character in this entire plot. Uh, With the Chamber of Secrets and everything. Mm -hmm. But it's just so nice to see him there. And there's even this mention of like, he has like the balaclava on. Yes, you can see his face, but there's no one else that it could possibly be. And it's just like a reminder of this whole like mix up and the circumstance that... Harry is in that is super unfortunate it sucks but there are still people here who support him I'll get into this in the next episode but the way that the next episode actually opens up is really nice after all of this too yeah with all these accusations flying and everything
1: I love Hagrid I love the reminder about the chickens which will come into light more mm-hmm. the wording scoping of for chickens. scoping for chickens the wording of you look all hot and bothered is a little weird but okay Oh, yeah. <laughs> Harry, look all hot and bothered. Yes, I'm looking for the love of my life, Jay Finch Fletchley. Like, what? That's
0: right. I need We're... some of that huff puff dick.
1: <laughs> That's a weird one, but whatever.
0: I'll huffle and I'll puffle and I'll blow your dick down. Whoa. Whoa was fright. That came out of nowhere. Whoa.
1: Oh, on Harry's way to the library or wherever, I will say I'm disappointed in him for not, like, peeking into McGonagall's classroom when he overhears her yelling about how someone turned their friend into a badger. And then, like...
0: I must have completely glossed Okay, over well, this. it's
1: great. Hold on. Let's see. Harry walked past classrooms where lessons were taking place, catching snatches of what was happening within. Professor McGonagall was shouting at someone who, by the sound of it... Had turned his friend into a badger. Resisting the urge to take a look, Harry walked on. And then at the end of the chapter, that person who looks like a badger, like, is there.
0: I completely So, you know, then Harry comes across
1: Nick and Justin Uh after he sees Hagrid. Justin Finch Fletchley was lying on the floor, rigid and cold, a look of shock frozen on his face, his eyes staring blankly at the ceiling, and that wasn't all. Next to him was another figure, the strangest sight Harry had ever seen. And then it mentions that Harry saw the line of spiders, fucking Peeves comes out, and Ugh. he starts screaming, fucking Peeves. Harry found himself pinned against the wall, teachers shouted for quiet. Professor McGonagall came running, followed by her own class, one of whom still had black and white
0: striped hair. Holy shit, I completely glossed I'm just over. like,
1: I need Harry to have his curious instincts, and... Check that situation. Oh my gosh, out.
0: that is hilarious. Okay, so that passage though did bring up one other thing because Ernie Mac comes out and he's like caught in the act. Harry is pinned against the wall. Oh, oh there's ha- a
1: bunch of fucking people. Harry there. is
0: there! So Harry must have done it, but guess what? So is the whole school. Right,
1: everyone is there. I I also noticed that. I'm like, wait, why? Yeah. Honestly, these teachers are not patrolling the hallways well enough. I know that they're all in class, but like there are students who are not in class, so shouldn't there be someone patrolling the classrooms? So Harry always seems to be the fucker who finds these people. He found Mrs. Norris. He, <laughs> he finds found all of them. Justin, like...
0: Well, I mean, he didn't find Colin Creevey. No. They brought Colin Creevey to him, but still.
1: I'm just saying there are way too many empty hallways in the school. Also, the school needs a buddy system. That's and not a bad idea for something like this. I yeah. the other thing. Like, I know that this is maybe wrong, and actually Harry is lovely because he's like, he couldn't leave these people by themselves. But honestly, Harry, save yourself. Like, you've been thrown in these shitty That's situations. Right. You gotta care about Get yourself. Get the fuck out of there. Pick but he doesn't. First. And However, then, of course, McGonagall takes him
0: to Dumbledore. Yikes! Yes. One other thing, though, that this made me think of, like, mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, Harry's the heir of the Slytherin. He had an alibi for Colin Creevy though. Yeah. Like, a really good alibi. Yeah, Which, no like, one's thinking about one that. That's one in a mystery. Like, why aren't you fucking thinking of that? So.
1: This is really true. Oh, Harry's uh, growing some bones back in his arm and also calling the Slytherin monster to attack people.
0: Yep, that's right. So, so in the movie. The movie. We had talked about a couple minutes ago how Ernie comes in and he's like, "Come the act, and there's the whole school is there. I know this is going from the end That's back, but I there's a lot of issues I have with the movie in comparison to the book. But I do like this part too. Yes. The only person who sees him with Jay Finch at the end when in he's frozen movie? in the movie, and you don't even really see Jay Finch, you see nearly headless neck, is Filch. Filch is the one who's like caught in the act and he goes and gets McGa. Which honestly, I almost like a little bit more considering the way that they set up the whole Jay Finch and Harry thing from the dueling club. There's
1: so much missing on that exposition with Harry and, and Justin
0: In the book, the whole thing of Ernie throwing things completely out of perspective and being like, Oh, he made the snake attack Jay Finch or whatever. In the book, it's like, no, clearly he didn't, based on how it's written. In the movie, Harry creepily goes up to the snake, starts talking (laughs) in. It's very creepy. And the snake turns right to Jay Finch. And rightfully so, that's when Jay Finch says, what are you playing at? It's like, clearly, Harry is making the snake attack him, I feel like.
1: Yeah, it's just like a choice of not following the actual timeline of the book. Yeah. It's a weird choice. Now, there are some deleted scenes we talked a little bit about before, how there were the deleted scenes with the Hufflepuffs, where Harry overhears them. Mm-hmm. And they actually... It's very disappointing that they cut these scenes. Super because they
0: cut that,
1: which follows the book pretty closely. Yeah.
0: They did cut Hagrid. Which pisses me off. In the movie, though, because they make the snake actually like, turn towards Jay Finch instead of slumping mm-hmm. on the ground in the movie i support ernie more because yes it totally fucking looks oh God, it looks... like harry's the bad guy yeah it really does a part of me is like okay maybe that's why they cut it out maybe, maybe
1: they should have filmed that scene correctly and then yeah. they could keep that in
0: because that wasn't a real snake right <laughs> i know it's a shock listeners what? that was not actually a real snake it was you know special effects and...
1: while we're talking about the deleted scenes mm-hmm. there's the scene where harry is like sitting outside with hedwig <laughs> Looking at, out over the lake, and he's like, Oh, yeah! Who am I, Hedwig? What am I? It's, and it's so fucking annoying. It's
0: dramatic. It's as so fuck. dramatic.
1: However, I do love that there's more Hedwig.
0: I feel like that's a thing that kids do sometimes, though.
1: I mean, if any kid does it, it's Harry Potter, so...
0: I guess. I don't... Maybe it's, like, the whole, like, they're so, like, self-absorbed kind of thing. It seems very, very The other thing is we
1: can't get inside Harry's head Mm -hmm. in the movie. As lovely as Daniel Radcliffe is playing the role, you can't get in his head like you can in the book. So I get it. Yeah. You know, because he does have a lot of that reflective
0: stuff in the book. You know, there was another moment in reading this where it's like okay clearly they did this in the movie because they don't have that opportunity yeah speaking of different timelines and Mm -hmm. cgi and stuff like that Mm -hmm. this is where we first see myrtle
1: myrtle's great love myrtle it sucks that we don't get myrtle earlier in the movie yeah the exposition around that entire scene is actually
0: very good they do a nice little compression of it It's not as bad, and it doesn't really change the narrative like it does the other stuff. And then the other, of course, huge thing that is missed is the whole swelling solution. The swelling
1: solution is missed, which is very sad. That would have been a really entertaining scene in the movie. Of course. Now, I guess it's fine because they're, you know, they're going to get the scene with Malfoy later, but the actors who play Crabbe and Goyle kind of giving them more to do. Yeah. Would have been cool, especially Goyle, I guess, because it's like his cauldron then explodes
0: that's really all i have yeah me too okay points (laughs) just like this chapter was long there's a fuck ton of point exchanges here so let's start with the positive side first plus 20 to harry 10 to hermione and 10 to ron I agree with you. We talked a lot about in this chapter and also in the past few, their teamwork is Mm -hmm. really, really great right now. A couple chapters ago, I think, like, in my summary or something, they said, just wait until they all fuck it up again. That obviously was a little bit of a joke, because they're, like, really on a roll here. The plan to get the potions, their little friendship moment when talking about the parcel mouth. Also, just Harry fucking going through it. And, like, Mm -hmm. Harry is a victim of, like, rumors here. Mm -hmm. Completely. I really want to recognize all three of them. I think it's really, really, really strong. Plus ten to McGaugh. At the very end, we didn't really talk too much about this, but it's another chaotic moment in comparison to the dueling club. And McGaugh comes in and she, like, takes control of it. She's Mm -hmm. like, everybody get the fuck out of here. Ernie, take this giant fan. Get Nick out of here. You're coming with me, Harry. Like, it's really, really nice. Mm So I wanted to give her some points. Plus five to Sprout just for putting those uh, socks and scarves on the baby Mandrakes. <laughs> Plus five to Hagrid because Hagrid is there. Right. And it really did like pop out as a much needed moment, I think, for me to I see him. That. And plus five, oh my god, I give so many points. Plus five to Hannah. I'm going off of the book, obviously, not the movie. I mean, that scene isn't in the movie. It's a cut, deleted scene. But I like Hannah's approach a little bit more. She's not jumping to conclusions. She's taking a little bit of the more mindful approach. You all know, I love that shit. And then also plus five to Neville because of his little squib comment. <laughs> like, I'm practically a squib. And for having to put up with all the bullying from Snape, too. Mm-hmm. So... And then negative points, negative 10 to Snape. When I was weighing out Lockhart versus Snape, this is like one of the only few times, and yeah, Snape sucks, we get it. One of the few times where I was like, yeah, Snape was worse in this than Lockhart. Lockhart was more just a dumbass. Snape was truly like a fucking dick in this episode, Um, both in the potions classroom and then also at the dueling club. So negative 10 to Snape. Negative 10 to Draco for, like, also cheating. There's also some bullying moments in the potions classroom, too, that we didn't really talk about.
1: Is Draco on the page? He's bullying someone.
0: exactly. Something else that we didn't really talk too much about was when Peeves comes in. He's just (laughs) making the situation even worse. Negative 5 to Peeves.
1: For existing. Which,
0: uh, if you recall, a couple chapters ago I gave Peeves points. I think when he dropped the uh, Vanishing Cabinet on Filch's office or mm-hmm. something. So now he's back at, like, a zero. He's the first character to be, like, at an even zero. He's
1: going to lose some fucking points. Yeah,
0: he'll probably lose more. <laughs> There's no way he's going to win more. He of a sucks. Win. And then I also do take five away from Ernie. The same reason that I give some to Hannah. Like, I do not really like his approach here, even though I know he has, like, the best intentions. So He does. <sighs> that was a fuck ton. That was a
1: lot of points.
0: So, to recap... Plus 20 to Harry, plus 10 to Hermione, plus 10 to Ron, plus 10 to McGa, plus 5 to Sprout, plus 5 to Hagrid, plus 5 to Hannah, plus 5 to Neville. Negative 5 from Ernie, negative 5 from Peeves, negative 10 from Draco, negative 10 from Saint. I like it. That might have been the most. Maybe. 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 So guys, that was
1: a fun long chapter.
0: Yes, it was. And we're going
1: to be back at you soon. We will see you next time.
0: Yeah. With
1: chapter 12.
0: Chapter 12, which is the, the poly Polyjuice potion. potion. Yeah.
1: Yay! Yes. Bye. 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 basic snitches is produced and recorded by adam bowers and tara corkery edited by adam bowers
0: and published by tara corkery via podbean and now available for download wherever you listen to podcasts
1: a special thanks to all of you for taking the time to download and listen to us we hope you enjoyed us if you enjoyed us please be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice
0: and if you didn't enjoy us then we're sorry you're so angry Please also connect with us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at basic snitches or email us at basic at gmail.com.
1: We're excited to get more feedback from our listeners and to hear what you have to say about the questions and discussions we have on the podcast. Catch, Catch you later, snitches! Later, snitches.